Hello. It's been a while. I apologize for the almost two-year hiatus. Just as the show found its footing in 2020, more important things were happening in the world, and I didn't want this to hog the bandwidth. Showing respect for the events of the time, I stepped away from research and focused my efforts elsewhere. With that being said, police reform, stay positive, test negative, and fuck Putin. This is episode three of I Heart Jet Lin, like Banksy, but in love. In the last episode, I broke down the two names of interest about as far as I could. That pertains exclusively to the obvious, finding Jet Lin. But what if we actually found them, and they didn't know who the poet was? Today, I'm going to analyze the piece as it exists and hope the harvest is bountiful. What has always struck me is how clear the message is written. With these types of single-phrase, all-caps graffiti pieces, they're usually written in a tag-style font. If this is just someone's natural handwriting, it's astounding that it is this legible, since I would assume it would be done post-haste, given the location. Graph analysis is the fancy term for document examination, which is the fancy term for handwriting analysis. In a court of law, Graph analysis would be used for identifying forgery, origin, altercations, and things of the like. The document in question would then be compared to another sample and analyzed. Unless our author wrote that they hearted someone else in another part of town, we do not have a sample for comparison. Graphology is a subset of graph analysis, and by the way the graphology wiki is written, it seems like analysts aren't too fond of ologists. Phrases like claiming to be able to and is considered a pseudoscience can't be overlooked and makes one wonder what the beef is about. At any rate, graphology focuses more on the psychological state and personality characteristics with any given handwriting sample, while graph analysis is more rooted in similarities and styles. Using both techniques, I believe we can learn a lot. I first wanted to know what it means when words are written in all caps. Annette Poisner, the author of Clinical Graphology, an interpretive manual for mental health practitioners, states that handwriting in all caps likely means the person is independent and defiant. Interesting. The defiance part is clearly there since graffiti carries a misdemeanor criminal charge here in the US. Independence doesn't track so much, however. Whether this was done as a last-ditch effort or done for reassurance of faith, love by way of graffiti seems a little desperate. Furthermore, other studies have shown that people write in all caps simply because it's faster. Graphology is less than an exact science, but this can still be useful information. When staring at this piece as long as I have, subtle things start to jump out. Luckily, I was able to speak with an expert in this exact field. Hi, I'm Greg Billings. I'm a graffiti script analyst. I first wanted to talk to Mr. Billings about the overall size. Something of this size, I think someone um, in a hurry could 
I think someone could knock this out in 30 seconds, easy. Oh, wow, that's fast. We can't get the exact dimensions of the piece without illegally crossing the pike, but pictures provide us with some great context clues. Rumble strips are typically 16 inches wide. Using the grid function in MS Paint, I was able to determine the rumble strip is nine blocks wide. 16 divided by nine gives us about 1.8 inches per block. The barrier is 25 blocks tall, so the barrier stands at about 45 inches off the road's surface. Working up, the standing platform to the lowest part of the last N is about eight blocks, or about two feet. And the bottom of the last N to the top of the I is 33 blocks, giving us a measurement of about five feet. All this to say, the very top of the eye stands at a respectable seven feet, two-ish inches. Using me as a control, I stand at six feet soaking wet. Imagining what would be ergonomically feasible to operate spray paint, seven feet, give or take a few inches, is about my height limit. I mean, in my opinion, I think they wanted this to just be as large as possible and as visible as possible. I asked if he believes they're right-handed. Do you believe they're right-handed? I believe they're right-handed. Taking into consideration the radius coming from their shoulder, I believe that they started with a full arm extension, and you can start to see that from some of the curvature of the eye. Mr. Billings is referencing the eye and how it has a slight bow to it, like a blasted out closed parenthesis. Capital eyes, depending on the dominant hand, can have a slight bias in a certain direction. Greg then pointed out something that I hadn't noticed before and is quite peculiar. Um, it almost looks like, you know, I heart jet. And then the limb is a little bit of a wild card thrown in there. Um, looks hmm. like they didn't quite plan it um, or maybe they were trying to rush and or maybe there was a car coming by and they got yeah. a little nervous yeah. um, and it kind of threw off their symmetry. It's peculiar. The heart itself piqued both our interests the more we dove into it. When drawing a heart, the most common method is to start at the crevasse of the top humps, go left or right, and either back up in reverse or start at the crevasse again and mirror the first side. Here, there is a concentrated dot of paint at the bottom point, leaving us to believe the heart was started and ended from somewhere else. It almost feels like they started at the bottom of the heart, which is a very unusual style. Could there have been hesitation? I find that hard to believe, since this doesn't feel like a crime of opportunity. It could have been a hardware malfunction or some other outside influence and is completely inconsequential. Given Mr. Billings' experience in the field, I wanted to get his opinion on what brand or type of spray paint this could be and associated characteristics. From my opinion, I think this is, this is from someone who has done this before, but they are not necessarily a street artist. The consistency of the line weight does make me think that they were standing directly in front of this they were not angling too much, with the exception of maybe the left side of the heart. There's a few types of paint that we could rule out. Uh, for instance, Krylon typically comes with a sand nozzle. And what you would be seeing are different line weights for your vertical and your horizontal. This is telling me that they were using a round cap, 
Um, and so initially when I saw this, my thought was that it was more of a big box store bargain brand spray paint, maybe a Rust-Oleum. But now on second thought, how long did you say this has been? This has been up? Oh, I've seen it for the past 10 years, uh, but it's possible it's much older than that. So I would say ballpark minimum of mm. 15. Wow. So that to me is telling of a of a high quality spray paint. Mm. And now this, we could be looking at something, we could be looking at something like a Molotow or a Montana Gold. For context, Krylon retails for about $5, while Montana Gold is on the high side of $8 a can. But what's curious is that it is just a plain white right. pigment. Yeah. Typically with someone who would be more into street art, you would get some variation in color. You get something a little bit, something with a little bit more pop to it, something a little bit jazzier. And now white says this is a utilitarian job, a show of emotion. They weren't going for aesthetics. They were going to get a message out there and they wanted the world to see it. Compiling all this information, we can start building a profile. At this point, I think it's safe to assume the artist is male, standing at a minimum of six feet in height. He's defiant and possibly independent, almost definitely right-handed. The quality of spray paint could speak to either his devotion, artistic history, or blind luck. White was used to make the most impact. I believe it's important to understand what type of person would heart Jet Lin so much before I truly begin the search. If I could step into the shoes of our bumbling Banksy betrothed, I might be able to see as he sees. My journey into his psyche and the weight such a public declaration carries continues on the next episode of I Heart Jet Lin. If you have any theories or tips, please email the tip line at jetlinpodcast at gmail.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by Diet Mountain Dew. Do the do.